Welcome to the Boss Effect Podcast, podcast that helps you comfortably rock in life and business. The show where you learn what it takes to be your own boss, your one-stop shop for tips, tools, and resources, your sweet spot for digital online business startup. When you are looking for your next step in life and business, we've got you covered. Where emerging entrepreneurs come to level up their game. With your hosts, powerhouse performance couple, expert leaders, Sean Seven and Queen Kimmy. This week on The Boss Effect, we're taking a little turn. We're doing something a little bit different. We are now coming up on this weekend of times when we want to honor and we want to acknowledge the great men and women who've come before us. And especially this weekend when we have that historic holiday coming up that we call Father's Day. And when we're talking about Father's Day, one of the things that we always want to talk about is how our men are either included or excluded in these holidays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to talk about that thing. And a lot of times when we're talking on the boss fit, y'all get to hear Sean Seven and Queen Kimmy. But this time, this day, we have a guest with us. And we are honored to have a boss of her caliber on the boss effect. She has graced us with her presence, and we would love for you to help us welcome Dr. Gay Lane to The Boss Effect. Thank you so much for having me on The Boss Effect. I am excited to be here. I've listened to your podcast. Your energy is contagious. I love it. I love it. I love it. I do. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Gay Lane. We are honored to have you again here on The Boss Effect as the president and founder of Workplace Restorative Practices, Inc., and a podcast where you're the host. Yes, ma'am. Of Workplace Diversity, your workplace diet. What's that diet stand for, Sean Seven? Ah, is you know what it is? Yes, ma'am, I do. Perfect. It's, Let me hear it. It stands for diversity, inclusion, equity, training, and tolerance. Woohoo! You got it, nailed it. <laughs> exactly. And when and when Dr. Gay speaks, you want to listen now because she not only is she knows what she's talking about. This is 50 years worth of work experience and expertise. Did you know she used to work for the White House? What? Yes, I did. Oh man. <laughs> Dr. Lang, you used to work for the White House and you are an award-winning author. We want to hear your story. Go ahead and take these next few minutes and tell us about your story, Dr. Lang. Okay. Well, I'm Dr. Gay Lang and I'm a boss. Uh Just want you to know that. I came here to show you how much of a boss I really am. So what I want to tell you about my story is that I'm an educator. I've been in public education for approximately 50 years, as you read. I've worked my way up in leadership over the years until I got to the White House, which is the apex of my career. I could never have gone any further. That was a wonderful experience. As an educator, it was an honor to be a part of the U.S. Department of Education under the leadership of Rod Page. He was the Secretary of Education at that time, and President George W. Bush appointed him to that position. He, in turn, appointed me to manage five states for the U.S. Department of Education. 
Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, and New Mexico. So I was the deputy secretary for the U.S. Department of Education over all those areas. So that was my region, and that is what I did. So that experience helped me to grow as a person in leadership. I already had great leadership skills when I came, but that was really, really, really the enhancer. I got to see it from several levels, from political level, from the local level, from all kinds of areas. And so working there gave me, I guess, the experience that I needed to continue doing some of the things I'm doing today. I have no fear because I know when a president kissed you on the cheek and tell you good job, I don't care if anybody ever tells me that again. The president of the United States told me I did a good job, so I'm happy, real happy. <laughs> Ms. Gay, I, I got to jump in here. You said the president kissed you on your cheek. I'm still jealous because my wife had got a kiss on the cheek from one of the presidents when she was in the military. Ooh. And still to this day, I'm still kind of jealous of that. Ooh, who's your president? George W. Bush. Same one. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Same guy. We were, he is we, wonderful. He is. We were receiving the Presidential Unit Citation Award when I was stationed at Fort Stewart. We were all standing there along the line, and you're excited because it's the president. You know, you're a young soldier. He was shaking everybody's hand. Well, when he went to shake my hand, I don't know why, I didn't let go for some reason. So when he went to pull away, I squeezed it. So I guess he thought I wanted a kiss. So he came back and leaned in and gave me a kiss on the cheek. <laughs> My experience was a little bit similar. I had uh, planned his, well, whenever the president comes to a state, he sends a team to prepare. And the state he came to was mine, New Mexico. So I worked with them to make sure all the pieces were in place, everything was going smooth. And of course, I was nervous because I was the first African-American to be in that position in Texas. So I wanted to go well. And you know, you just have the jitters the whole time. Oh God, just don't let anything happen. So after he was finished, he was walking down off the stage and all of us were standing in line, you know, greeting him as he was leaving the stage. He whispered in my ear, good job. I said, I couldn't even get the words out. I mean, I wasn't, I didn't even think he knew who I was, but he gave me a kiss on the cheek. He said, good job. I said, oh Lord, I made it. I felt so, <laughs> I mean, I just, it's such, it's such an, an honor to have the president of the United States to say something positive. And if no one else tells you you did a good job, you'll always remember that one thing, you did a good job. And so I felt pretty good about it. You know, you have a long list of accomplishments and a long list of expertise. And when I hear all of the great things that you've accomplished and what you've done, I'm curious to know of all of those things, how did you wind up with Workplace Diversity Podcast? and the diet, you know, how does that relate to your book, your award-winning author? So how did these things become important to you? Because I hear you're in a positions of power. You're the first woman of color in a lot of positions that you've been in. You've had to deal with a lot of things when it comes to the different aspects of what it means to be a boss in leadership positions, setting the way and being the examples for others. How did that come to be where this became your area of interest? This is my book, Colorizing Restorative Justice. And the bottom of the subtitle is called Voicing Our Realities. I know you couldn't see that very well, but that book is a journey of what I've done in my career. That started it. There are 19 other authors and all of us are people of color. And each of us told a story about our journey. My journey specifically speaks to 
my career in education as a young teacher all the way to now. So when I think about working in different environments as an African-American, I was pretty much the first one and the only one sometimes to integrate a school because I'm 70 years old, seven zero. So when you think about 70 years old, all that time ago, 50 years ago, when I became a teacher, we were just beginning to integrate schools for teachers. They would send African-American teachers over to predominantly white schools and send a few white teachers to predominantly African-American schools so that they can integrate the staff. I've been the only one on a grade level in a school by myself. A lot of teachers today and young educators, sometimes they don't feel like they have a place and they're trying to make their way. So when I started the podcast, I wanted to talk about diversity. What does that really look like? Because we only think diversity is race and it is not just race is a thousand and one things. When you think about disabilities, when you think about sexuality, all those things cause diversity. The other part of it is people just think diversity, if I get me a black person, a white person, a brown person, and an Asian person, I'm good. I could check that box, I got diversity. You do not have diversity. What you have is some folks there, yeah. But that doesn't mean they're talking to one another. That doesn't mean they're engaged. So my podcast is specifically designed to talk about How do you engage in the workplace as it relates to diversity? How do you bring diversity to the table? Inclusion, because if I'm working with you, Sean, Seven, or Kimmy, and we're all African-Americans, and we have a new person come to our job, how do we welcome them? How do we include them if they're not African-American? There are things we could do, too, to make other people feel comfortable. It's not just one way. And then how do you include their voices at the table when you're discussing, Sean, Seven, you might be the leader of our our group and you might be the leader Mm -hmm. of the project. So how do we all have inclusion in that? Do you allow us to have a voice? And if it's time to be promoted, would you promote me? Even if it's not everybody else's choice, would you do that? So the equity comes in and we must be tolerant of others. I, Mm -hmm. I just have to keep saying tolerance. No one's perfect. Absolutely, positively, no one. So we know we're not perfect. Practice tolerance often. Exactly. I like that. Practice tolerance often. And when you're practicing tolerance, that often comes from a place of being able to understand a perspective of someone else and being able Mm -hmm. to voice that perspective without fear of repercussions. Because I really simply did not know and I want to understand. Yeah. But we can never grow to that place because we don't want to have those conversations. No, it's hard, uh, Kimmy. Queen Kimmy, when I tell you this is difficult for people, I think it's difficult because they're afraid. When you are fearful of something, it is very difficult to talk about it. So remove the fear and be in a safe place. In fact, create a safe zone. Mm -hmm. Create a zone where when we're in this space together, We will not judge anyone. We will not condemn any ideas because not one of us, not one of us parted the Red Sea. Mm -hmm. Not one of us floated on water. None of this. So if you're not that person and you can't make miracles happen, you don't have a right to do anything different. True indeed. So Ms. Gay, when did you take diversity on as a life mission? When did you know this was something that you had to to step into and bring awareness to it? I think uh, I'm 70, like I said, I started this whole fairness thing as a 
a teacher. So in 19, 1977, I was in a school and I was the only African-American on this grade level. And I had an Asian parent that came to my door often and just watched me all the time. I didn't know why. I said, would you, would you like to come in? You know me, I mean, come on in. She never came in. I couldn't figure that out. Why wasn't she coming in? She went to the principal and told the principal I talked too loud. I said, okay. <laughs> Okay, so I, I was not sure what she was talking about, but long story short, I taught math. And because her child was gifted, I never used books. I only used their skills. I gave them a budget to work on on Monday. They had to pay house notes, bills. These are fourth graders I'm teaching budget and management to because they already knew how to add, subtract, multiply, and divide. What are you going to teach them that for? Teach them how to use those skills and apply them. At the end of the six weeks, we went to the bank. We talked about interest rates and things like that. The local paper got a hold of it. And I was published in the paper as being an outstanding teacher. Same parent now came back to the door. You good teacher? I said, oh, thank you. Yeah. That was when my diversity training began. I said, yeah, people need to be educated. <laughs> we need to work with people to understand. So I invited her in the room. I said, come on in. I said, we, you're, you're welcome to come in. I think once she saw me, in action, changed her perspective. I could have gotten angry. I could have said, don't be coming to my room. What you coming to my room for? You, I'm not gonna argue any points with you. I'm just gonna show you what a great teacher I am and that your child is in good hands. And so there began the diversity training in 1973 or 74, around that. I said 77, but it was 73 or 74. That was my first or second year of teaching. And I said, woo, we need help here. And so every day, every year after that, I just kept going. I say every year I'm going to try to be a better person because I'm not perfect. I make lots of mistakes every single day. And given that information, I have to forgive somebody else their mistakes. Yeah. I just, I, you know, that's a nice seg- that's a nice segue into one of the things that we learn. One of the things that we teach is that we often become who we needed while we were progressing or while we were learning or while we were becoming. We want to stand in the gaps and we want to fill in those things that we see are missing as we're growing and evolving into being. And you said something interesting. You said, she said, you're too loud. And that's one of the aspects of us as people of color. We're allowed people. We're allowed people. That doesn't mean that we're, you know, this or that or whatever. We're just allowed people. You know, and if you're around us or hanging out with us in our family, most of the time we're just allowed people. Don't mean we don't mean anything by it. Mm-hmm. So a boss, I like this. A boss needs to eat a healthy diet. So in order to in order to be a boss, you need to be sure that your diet is a healthy one that includes diversity, inclusion, equity, and training intolerance oh look at you boss lady (laughs) (laughs) exactly because a lot of times when we're talking about being a boss people are just thinking about oh i want to make money oh i want to reach more people but anybody can start a business or can start a movement and i love what you're saying here because you're offering offering foundational principles that are going to be needed to help you sustain and grow not only in life but in business as well So I just want to say thank you for that, because I think every 
false needs to have a healthy diet and they need to know what that diet includes. Cause you know, we love acronyms over here. You know, I can tell, and you worked that one to death just now. I said, shoot, I should I said, this girl is, she's pinning this stuff. That's what you call pinning it. You know, <laughs> when you write something, you pin something so cold, so bad, everybody in the world say, woo, that's been pinned. So you just pin that girl. You pin the heck out of that thing. <laughs> exactly, because you know, everybody who tune in have a desire to be their own boss. And you know, this, we, we always try to be mindful of what's coming up. I always want to make sure that I hear because when I send people over and I say, hey, guess what? I know Dr. Gay Lang, Dr. Gay Lang, and she can really help you with this. She can really help you with this particular area. So when we can define who it is that we are, you know, who it is that we advocate for, what things are important for us. And you've done that very well. You know exactly who you are. You know exactly who you advocate for. And, and, and not only do you know it, when you speak, you speak with so much knowledge. And, yes. and one thing I learned... Since I've been in your presence, is that we need quantifiable data when we're talking. We just want to come online. We want to pop our gums and we want to say, oh, I did this and I did that. Right. Mm -hmm. So when we're looking at quantifiable data, we're looking at how we're showing up as a boss. I love the fact that you say it. It's not just having someone on your team that is of a different culture or background but it's about what you do on your team. How do you welcome people? How do you make people feel, you know? So I think that's what a lot of people forget because the one thing I don't want, how do you feel about having a boss that does not have these skills? What can that do to your workplace? Speak on it, speak on it, speak on it, speak on it. You have got, (laughs) you got the preaching mode in me revved up. Look at that. You got to preach. That is one of my pet peeves right there. You struck a nerve, honey. Yes, you did. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> well, go ahead. Talk about it. <laughs> Let me say this about that. So one of the things I have an issue with in the workplace is that very thing. We have a lot of people who are in charge, who have the title of boss, have no clue of what they're doing. Because if they did, they would understand equity is part of being a boss. Inclusion is part of being a boss. Tolerance and training. If you don't know what you're doing, go get some training. Don't sit there and mess your people up. Your people is, are the lifeline to making something happen at the job. But if you impede their ability to do their jobs and then you say you're a boss, you're not a boss. You are a blocker, not a boss. You block progress. You don't promote it. Mm-hmm. So I, I really get on to the, ooh, that is one of my pet peeves because I, I see that so many places. I've experienced it personally. Mm-hmm. And that's when you call managing up. They don't manage me. I manage them how I want them to treat me. That way we straight. So you're not managing me. You don't know what you're doing. I'm cool with that. But So let me show you how I want to be treated because when you don't treat me like this, we're going to have to have that conversation. How long did it take you to get confident enough to be able to be in that position, to be able to say, okay, now you don't know how to treat me. I'm going to show you how to treat me. Because a lot of times you will be in a position and something will come up. Somebody will be mistreated on a job. They'll you know, be overlooked. And they won't know how to handle it because a lot of time, and I'm going to be honest with me here, this has touched me in my own military career. I wouldn't speak up because I a fear of the retaliation of calling out. Girl, that's another one. Good topic there. So when I was... That lady I tell you about, um, 
at the elementary school, the Asian lady. Mm -hmm. So my principal called me in the office. This is my second or third year teaching and asked me, what was I doing? I said, what do you mean, what am I doing? I'm teaching. He said, you're a little too loud. You need to calm down. The parents are concerned. I said, I can talk softer, but that's not who I am. But if I need to do that to keep my job, I will. But I, I want you to know this is not who I am. And I will always speak the truth. And I'm speaking my truth to you. So hopefully we can have this conversation again when they see how great I am as a teacher. I always say I will acquiesce to whatever it is you want me to do. I don't have a problem with that, but I'm going to show you better than I can tell you. See, I don't discuss anything with anybody. I'm not arguing with you. I'm going to show you what you say I can't do. Now, here it is at the end of six weeks and the newspaper says I'm good. So what do you say, Mr. Principal, now? Oh, you did so good, Gay. I'm really happy for you. Great job. I said, thank you. So talking loud was what? 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 Well, I, I didn't mean it. Like, I said, I know you didn't mean it like that, but I just needed to let you know how I felt. And I'm not angry with you about it, but I just need to let you know. I think that it's not what you say, it's how you say it and the tone you say it in. You should never get angry to speak to someone about something they've done to you. If you have to wait a day Plan what you want to say and circle right back around. Say, may I speak with you? I have a concern because I'm not sure if you meant that or I was confused. Can you help me understand that? Put it back out there that says to them, I'm not happy with the way you treated me. Can you help me understand why you're treating me this way? People will treat you the way you allow them to treat you. Mm -hmm. I worked for the White House and had a conflict. You can imagine how that was. From a political standpoint, I could barely say anything. But at the end of the day, I waited my time. I calmed down. I was precise about what I said. I only mentioned the facts. Not that you hurt my feet. Only the facts, ma'am. So on this day, this happened. And on this day, you said this and did this. And on this day, I did this and said that. Here's where I am with it. That wasn't accurate data that you presented to me. So here is the accurate data and here's my document that proves it. I hope we're okay because I'm not angry. I just want to make sure my name was cleared. But it took me two days to get my mind ready to say that because if I would have spoken at the time it was happening, it would not have gone so well because I know my personality. If I start speaking when I'm angry, it's all over. But the shout is over. The, the fat lady is singing, the choir's tuned up, and I'm out there. You would have been labeled the, uh, the angry black lady. Angry black woman. Yes. Oh, if y'all don't, we go, oh, <laughs> if y'all don't stop with those you know stereotypes of the angry black woman, I'm saying she is the woman who is speaking her mind and knows who she is, and you're intimidated. Ooh, so yeah. we're not going to accept that label. Hey. Hey, hey, rocking it, rocking it, rocking it, Kim. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Queen, Queen Kim is here. We're going to rock this in another way. Y'all ain't messing with me today. Ain't nobody no, taking right. my thing. My crown is on. Don't y'all see it? <laughs> exactly. Because remember what Boss Effect stands for. Bold, outspoken, soulful storytellers. Exactly. Oh. Because those stories are our shared experience. And that's what brings us together. Mm -hmm. And that's the aspect of being a boss is recognizing that, guess what? We're moving toward a global economy. And your feelings, feelings, the way you feel, are fickle in business. 
And I love what you said, Dr. Gay. You said facts only. Because mm-hmm. if you start with feelings, you know what happens? Feelings get hit and tromped on. And you're, you're doing this constantly because somebody's doing it. But I'm going to take that out. Here are, here are the data points, if you will. Mm-hmm. The data never lies. People lie, but data don't. This actually happened at this date and this time with this person. Did it not? It did. Okay, so how do we fix that? I didn't ask you that I'm hurt by what you did. I'm angry and you, mm -mm, here's what it is. What do we do to fix the data point here so this data point doesn't continue? Exactly. And a lot of times we don't even see that the data point needs to be discussed because we don't know it's a problem because the people that are affected fail to speak up. So that's one thing that we're looking to change moving forward. And if you are looking to be a boss, I hope that you take this into consideration and that you reach out to Dr. Lane because over at Workplace Restorative Practices, not only can they come out and do one-on-one training and talking at your workplace to help you and your employees retain so you don't have to keep looking for new people. It's better to retain and retrain, right? We, um, they do one-on-one. They do virtual Right. And yes, ma'am. Small group and small group as well. Tell us about yes, that. Ma'am. So I have um, training that I offer for small businesses, large businesses or whomever. And it's all around diversity, equity, inclusion and tolerance. So each one of those are different pieces or aspect of workplace. But to be able to assess where your workplace is headed, I have an assessment. So if you had a business Sean Kimmy, uh, Queen Kimmy and Sean Seven has a business and it's called the Boss Effect Zone. And you have 100 employees. In those 100 employees, let's do an assessment. What do they think about where they work? Not what you think, but what they think. Now that you know what that is, that's my assessment tool. We can look at that. And you know what I found out, Sean Seven and Queen Kimmy? Your people are very happy. Unfortunately, they don't think they get promoted. The equity doesn't exist in your place. So let's start where they're saying they have a problem. And we look at the assessment tools for equity. Then we start the training on equity, building it in, building it in. Then we have checkpoints. So how's the equity going? How are we doing with that? You call me back and say, Gay, we've had two weeks of it. Here's our results. I talk to the clients. They tell me we keep going. We do a training just on that piece. And then we start layering in the other pieces. But we start where the problem is. And so we have training that we do and we do it online virtually. So it could be anywhere, anytime. So that makes it kind of convenient. COVID did one good thing and that was it. Having training online, which I first hated it, but now I'm I'm comfortable with it. It took me about a year to get comfortable with it because training of this nature requires you to be very intimate with people, very relational with people so that they know that you feel compassionate and passionate about what you do. It's hard to convey that online. I've learned how to do it though, just like you. Now you all are experts at it because I've watched your podcast. I've watched your show. You can convey the emotions through the screen quickly. A lot of people can't do that. That's a skill, believe it or not. I know you may not believe that, but it's truly a skill. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Talking about a skill, Ms. Lang, when you first started out on this mission, you were still a teacher. So, yes. <laughs> so when you, when you was teaching those uh, fourth grade students, mm-hmm. did you train them about diversity at all? At that time, we didn't do the same kind of diversity. We didn't even look at it like that. I only had 
three African-American students in my class and one Hispanic, two Asians, all the rest were Anglo or European-American. I don't try to use white and black because I, I, and this is just another pet peeve. You are not a color. You are a person. I am not. (laughs) But you're not. White, white is a color. How do you be in a relationship with a white? I don't get it. How do you be in a relationship with a brown or a black? These are colors. They're not human. Yes. So I have to say African-American. I have to say Asian-American. I have to say European-American. I have to say Latino or Mexican-American because they're human beings. They're not colors. Yes. But when you look at the census, and this is on a tangent, of course, this is one of my other pet peeves. Y'all keep striking those nerves, so I just got to go with it. One of the other problems I have, the U.S. Census, they're getting better at it. They ask you to check the box black, white, but everybody else has Native American, Hawaiian American. We're the only two groups, the only two that consistently show up as a color. So I have written to the U.S. Department of Census several times about the topic, long letters, called them up on the phone. And I think over time, somebody got sick of me and I saw a couple of them that looked a little better, but they still go back to black and the white. Why is that? Is that intentional to cause the division? Is that intentional to cause something for us to not want to get, what is that about? I'm not a color, I'm a person. And I don't want you to call me black. Younger people are okay with it. I'm 70, I can't go with it. I'm too old. Uh, I don't know if you know or not, but Queen Kimmy doesn't identify as black either. Oh, I did not know this. Yeah, it's one of the things I love about you. When I was listening to your podcast and doing research and, and talking, I said, maybe she she identifies as a woman of color. She doesn't identify herself as, as black. Because when you look up what black means, it means the original term is blanche, B-L-A-N-C, which means void of color. And, there you go. And, and I, I'm not. I, I, I mean, and I just, I love words. And because I love words and I listen to your use of words, I'm like, oh man, I love her. I love her. And so when you talk about your pet peeves and the things that set your soul on fire, we have so much in common because I am the, I'm right. I'm, I'm at the, the ledge, like looking at like, do you not understand that words have the power of life and death? You're speaking yourself up or you're speaking yourself down. We may not know it all the time, but once we know and we are aware of certain words, we make the effort when we know better. Do, do better. We do better, <laughs> you know. So for me, I just, I love words. I love I'm words. proud of you because at least one of the things I try my very, very best to do at this point in my life is uplift people that are younger than me. You and your husband are younger than I am, although you're very wise for young people. I still want to loan out, give out as much as I can to you because each generation should give back to the ones behind them so that there's always somebody's shoulder to stand on. Can't leave it void. We've got to stand in the gap. We've got to stand strong. And so it's wonderful that you are taking in some of those things. Not that I'm the wisest person in the world because I'm not, but I have a few things I've learned over time. And at 70, I have few little tricks in my bag too. So I'm (laughs) grateful for that. I really am. And um, I guess we have a lot in common because when is your birthday? July 3rd. You know, I'm sensitive. You got me crying. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my birthday is July 17th. We're cancers. That's why we have a lot in common. You you resonate with me because we're, we're those children, those 
moon babies. We we are very sensitive. We're very passionate. We're very emotional. And nobody stops our train but us. It's, nobody. Exactly. Nobody stops our train but us because we are emotional, passionate. We are all in. If we love you, let us love you. Because you don't want to be on the other side of that train. Oh, no. You get run over. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Well, we're going to go into our, our this next section that we do for Boss Effect. It's about the money. You know, it's about your money. It's about your cause. Because the more you can help people, the bigger arena you can, in, the bigger the arena you can rent out to give your talk, the more people you can put in that arena. So Sean said we're going to bring us into the next segment called 10K in 10 Days. Woohoo! All righty. So with that being said, Dr. Lane. This game is called 10K, 10 days, like Queen Kimmy said. And what that means is you got to make 10K in 10 days. And if mm. you make that 10K in 10 days, you're going to be gifted another 10K. What? Get out of here. But here's the kicker. Here's the kicker, though. You got to start with nothing. You're only going to start with $100. Oh. <laughs> you, you can, you can. I knew that bitch. <laughs> You can use the internet and you can use your resources, but you can't use anybody that knows you. You can't go get a loan from a bank. You have to, you got to get it out the mud. <laughs> <laughs> now, mind you, you can use all of your knowledge, skills, and resources that you've acquired over the years mm-hmm. to which you have about 17,000 pages of, of experience, resources, <laughs> skills. With $100 a truck in the internet. Yeah, we're going to give you a little truck, too. A little beater truck to get around. All right. No loans. the truck. <laughs> no loans, right? No loans. No loans, no borrow. How many days it is? 10 days. 10 days. 10 days. That's a short time. Okay. But you're a boss. You can handle it. You're a boss. Yeah, I, I know. I got this. I got this. <laughs> I, I have to tell them. I got this. I got this. <laughs> I got it down. $100, a truck. 10K, 10 days. What are the rules? Like I said, you can't borrow money from friends or family. Uh, basically, nobody knows you. It's like, it's like you're basically starting from nothing. So what would you do to, to make that money in those 10 days? All right, here we go. So you gave me a truck, though, didn't you? Yeah, you got you a truck. Okay, good. As long as you give me some kind of vehicle moving, I got this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's movement is my problem. So for me and my skills... I'm a diversity queen. My expert expertise, let me repeat that. My expertise is diversity. And so how I would do this is I'd have my truck, give me a sign for my truck called diversity on the go. So I have my truck and I'll park it in big places where there are parking lots where huge businesses exist and put it right outside. If you want to know about diversity, pick up the diversity over here. So at lunchtime, it's called lunchtime diversity. I will allow anybody to come sit in my circle and we're going to talk about diversity. As you talk about diversity, it costs you $5 a person or $10,000 a person to come in. If you want to bring your whole team in, it's $1,000. So in 10 days, I'm going to go around to all the big places and park in all the parking lots and tell the companies, if you want free diversity training for the first 10 minutes and overview, come free. After that, it's $1,000 for your people to attend. Please come. And then I'll have them to come. And after that, I'm going to say, if you want more of this, I can come and do some personal assessments for you. So if you take me up on the personal assessment, half price, $5,000 for you, because it's normally 10. So I'm going to make my money. 
I know that's right. <laughs> I already know you're going to make it. Now, you gave me a truck. You gave me a truck. See, if you hadn't given me the truck, walking around doing that would have been really hard. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen. Now, I want to say this, and I want to say this with my chest stuck out. Because before that question came, you know, most people get stuck. Mm-hmm. And most people don't know that we're going to ask that question. So they don't have time to prepare. Because mind you, we just spontaneously drop that question on you. And you answer that question. Like a boss. Like a boss. Because I'm always put on the spot. And I am the boss. And the boss has the answers. (laughs) What? Y'all heard that. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. So for this boss, Dr. Gay Lang, I want to know how I can come out and work with you. You sound like you're so much fun. You sound like your training is full of energy. It sounds like it's something that's going to stick. And I'm not going to sit there and be bored while I'm going through your training. Oh, no, ma'am. Oh, God, no. I would cry. I would start crying myself if I was that boring. Oh, God, I couldn't take it. Then what you see on this screen is what you get in the training. Just like I see Queen Kim and Sean Seven, what I see coming across that screen, that energy, that power, that passion, that's exactly what I see. So that's the kind of thing I give off. Even when people are boring with me, I don't let them stay bored. I said, hey, I see you on the screen right over here. Your name is so-and-so. I'm going to ask you a question. Get in there. Let me know what you think about this topic. I might ask him, so tell me your definition of diversity. Let's see if it match up with the world. Say, you agree? Cool. Who else agrees with her? Everybody gets a voice. My whole training is about every voice is important and every voice matters. Everybody. No one is left out. I want a relationship with you. I want to build a good relationship. I want you to have a relationship with the people at your job. Because relationships at the end of the day is what drives success. Diversity in places that have no diversity make less money than places that have lots of diversity. Diversity creates dollars. Mm. But what do I know? I'm only a boss. What? (laughs) And the mic dropped on that. The mic dropped on that. We usually say, do you have any parting words that you would like to leave the audience with? But I'm just going to say, hey, just hit rewind because I think that was all he, he said. All she wrote. That was all she wrote. Huh? Yes, ma'am. That was all she wrote. <laughs> yes, it was. And and you know what? And we put all of the information and contact information for you is in the show notes. It's in the bottom. So if anyone wants to reach you, we'll put your website in the show notes so they can come over. But just for those who are listening, what is that website? www.workplacerestoredpracticesinc.com. And I invite you to visit the website in the next couple of days because I'm doing a conference on restorative justice. Voices heard, voices known. Let's talk restorative justice. And y'all heard that first right here on The Boss Effect. And it's going to be July 9th. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Your energy is really contagious. I enjoy just being here with you. It was so powerful. Of course, of course, it touched a few nerves, and I kind of had to go over there a few times, but it was all right. I could handle it. Hey, that's what the boss effect is all yes, about. Yes. Bold, outspoken, so for storytellers. So it came from your soul, and that's exactly what we appreciate and why we appreciate you being here with us. And yes. I'm telling you, a guest of your caliber, Dr. Lane, let's let them go. I wanna, let, let's let them go so we can go and have us a cup of tea. See I hear later. you. Bye-bye. <laughs> to Sean Seven and Queen Kimmy. With an I-E. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Boss Effect Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review. Be sure to share this thing out. Share this thing out. Hey, share this thing out. Share this thing out. Tune in every Tuesday for more exciting insights and wisdom on being your own boss. And until next time, peace and blessings in both life and business. Remember, what works for us might not work for you. So take what you need and leave what you don't.